0: And thank you, Brother Chris, it's good to be back, church family, thank you everyone who prayed for us and helped us through the deadly pestilence that's plagued our planet, and it it's good to be back. Thank God for his mercy and his healing and his grace upon us all who have experienced that deadly pestilence. <clears throat> So, we've been making our way through the book of Romans, but we're going to pause on that for today to celebrate and honor mothers on this Mother's Day. Now, my goal with this sermon is to honor and encourage motherhood. And by doing so, to glorify Jesus Christ, who designed it, created it, and blessed it. Now, isn't it amazing that Jesus, the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the lord of lords, came into this world through a mother? That is astounding. He was born of the Virgin Mary. What a strange way for God to save the world! But that's the way he chose. He could have picked any number of ways to come and save us, but he humbled himself, became a baby, was born of the Virgin Mary, honored his father and his mother as he was growing up. And we see accounts of Jesus honoring his, his mother at the wedding at Cana, if you remember that. The host of the wedding runs out of wine for the celebration, and Mary asks Jesus, hey, take care of the problem. You might remember his response, like, this isn't my time yet. What does this have to do with me? But he, yet he honors his mother. He honors his mother. He takes care of the problem. He turned 180 gallons of water into the best <laughs> wine they ever drank. You saved the best to last, everyone said. It's amazing. He honored his mother in that. And I think that's amazing. It's truly amazing. Then at the end of his life, in the midst of his immense, suffering from the cross you know he didn't say very much while he was suffering on the cross but he did say this he spoke these words to the apostle john he said john behold your mother john behold your mother this was a beautiful act of final care for mary his mother he wanted to make sure his mother was cared for so, from the cross, our Lord Jesus, in agony, dying on the cross, suffering, cares for his mother. So, in magnifying motherhood, I mean to magnify the name of Jesus, as Brother Chris said earlier. Jesus designed it, He created it, He got inside of it, and He blessed it, even in His pain. And so I want mothers to be honored, and I want mothers to honor Jesus. I want to focus on three aspects of godly motherhood in this message. Three ways of exercising motherhood that are often very thankless in our culture today, and they involve great self-sacrifice. And there are these three things. First, the mother's commitment to a husband and his calling. Next, a commitment to your children and their training in God's word. And then third, a commitment to homemaking with the idea of radical Christian discipleship. Homemaking with the context and the idea of making disciples. And my goal is to encourage the women who believe that God's call on your life is marriage. You find joy in supporting a husband and his calling as you display what the relationship between Christ and the church looks like. (laughs) My goal is to encourage the women who believe that motherhood is the the transmission of a God-centered, Christ-treasuring vision of your life to your children. And my goal is to encourage the women who strive at homemaking. You create Of a a beautiful, simple place called a home, which becomes not only for the family, but also for the community, a refuge of Christ's peace and a demonstration of God's righteousness. This is your calling. It is what you believe in the depths of your soul you should give yourself to. And I want to honor and encourage you today because you don't get that from the world. No, the world doesn't value these things. The world has a different set of values. The world doesn't understand this. The world doesn't understand marriage as an illustration of Christ and the church. The world doesn't understand motherhood as the life-on-life transmission of a God-centered God-centered, Christ-treasuring worldview. It doesn't understand that. The world doesn't understand that homemaking is the creation of a home that, that nurtures the peace of Christ and the righteousness of God in our families. The world doesn't understand these things at all, so it doesn't honor them. There's no honor in these things that the world describes. i So motherhood is a very high and holy and a crucial calling that you embrace with little understanding or encouragement for the world. So I want to encourage you today, and I want to especially encourage my wife, Katie, today. She strives at all of these things deeply. So first of all, you have a commitment to your husband and his calling. You have a commitment to your husband and his calling. And we can see that this is important from... Ephesians 5, 22. So you can turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to be at a few different places in God's Word today. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 5. And there's really a picture of family here, godly family. And it's really in the context of submitting to one another in love. Husbands, wives, children, honoring your parents. <clears throat> I'm going to start here in Ephesians five twenty-two this first point that you have a commitment to your husband and his calling. You understand Ephesians 5:22 and value it as the calling of your life. This isn't something you do out of like duty or obligation. This is something that you, you value. You find as a, a treasure in your life. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ, is the head of the church his body and is himself its savior now as the church submits to christ so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands and i'm going to go on here husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so pay attention husbands listen up However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And so mothers, as you live out God's blueprint and plan for a godly family, you joyfully submit to your husband. And I say that, I emphasize that word joyfully. You joyfully submit to your husband as to the Lord knowing that your marriage is a picture of Christ and his church. And you see this picture as a rich and a deep and a precious and a high and holy fulfilling of your heart's longings. It's not a burden to you. It's not a duty to you. It's something that brings you joy. And you feel that it's absolutely essential for the shaping of a God-centered, Christ-exalting church and culture, you even see the bigger picture of what you're doing. You know, by raising this godly family and having a godly family, you know, we're we're going to be a light to the world. We're going to be the, the the hands and feet of Jesus in our world and in our community, and the world will see the love of Jesus and this picture of Christ in the church in our own family. And for this, I honor and encourage you today. Now husbands, don't miss your calling here. Love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Don't miss that husbands. You are the spiritual leader of your home. You support your wife, you love your wife, you serve your wife sacrificially. Give yourself up for her. Don't just sit around in your recliner with a remote, you know, all the time. Do this, do that. Oh, I got a honeydew list. Uh, she's always telling me what to do. Blah, blah, blah. That ain't that's not how it goes. Men, not how it goes. Love your wife, serve your wives, cherish her, teach her the word of God, pray together. With her and as a family. Love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Nourish her soul. Cherish her. And and it's interesting, you know, in in the text here, it says, love her as you would love yourself. (laughs) We don't have any trouble loving ourselves. You know, if you're completely honest, you know that right you take care of yourself you know you're 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 showering every day i hope you know you're you're taking care of yourself you eat you know you go buy the things you want you know you don't have any trouble man taking care of yourself and you know it right so you love her like you love yourself you take care of her serve her love her like christ loved the church love her as you love yourself. And when we do this, when we do this, it is a beautiful picture of Christ in the church. And then he goes on, he goes on to talk to the children. Children, listen up, honor your father and your mother. Honor them. The Lord Jesus honored his father and his mother. You think you're better than the Lord Jesus? No, none of us are right? So honor your father and your mother. Honor your mother, not just on Mother's Day, but every day. You know, mom needs you to do something, you know, don't give them the eye roll and the attitude and the, and the groan. You know, don't do that. And and I'd say even, you know, go one step further, right? Don't just wait to be told My mom, what she needs you to do. No, look ahead, look around, get your head up out of your own life, kids, and look around and say, you know, what does mom kind of need today that I could probably do something to help with? And then you serve and do that joyfully because you love and honor your mother. Man, that would change your whole house, right? Like if our whole homes operated like Husbands loving their wives like Christ loved the church. The wife joyfully submits to the leadership of her husband. Children honor their father and their mother. That is beautiful. And that is fun. That is a fun place to be. And your friends will come over and they'll see that in your house and they'll be like, wow, your family is awesome. <laughs> I want to hang out at your house. Because there's love there. There's kindness there. There's peace there. There's joy there. It's only in our times of selfishness, right, where this all breaks down. If anyone is selfish, it all breaks down. And it only takes one selfish family member to poison the whole lot. It only takes one. One person to come through that door griping and complaining and, you know, uh, you know I'm not getting what I deserve and I don't want to do anything to help and, You know, the bad attitude, it's like someone spraying poison bug spray all over the house. You know, all it takes is one. So don't be that one. Don't be that one. Be the opposite of that. Turn from that and turn to Jesus. Turn to his model for godly family. And then, wow, this will just take off like a rocket ship. It's like, wow, our family is amazing family's amazing so you mothers i honor you today because you have a commitment to your husband and to his calling i'll go right back to that point at the beginning of ephesians 5 22 and you joyfully do it every single day and it, sometimes it feels like it wears on you get tired you just get tired and there are no days off <laughs> It's tough, but you persevere, you press on, and and I honor you for that. Next, you teach the word of God to your children. And I'm going to skip over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. You turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 10. And the point here is that, you know, you teach the word of God to your children. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Starting in verse 10. Now, this is Paul writing to Timothy. And he says, you, however, you have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from all of them. The Lord rescue me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, what does that have to do with motherhood? Well, here we go, verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus so this passage it provides an illustration and a living example of how powerful godly motherhood is and the impact that it has on this lost and dying world that is so desperately looking for hope the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, his beloved son in the faith, and he's writing him to, to to him to encourage him in his ministry and walk with God. Now, notice a few things here in Paul's writing to Timothy. First, notice the pattern of Timothy's life. He followed Paul's pattern of faith, patience, love, and steadfastness. Timothy endured persecutions and sufferings for the sake of the gospel, just like Paul did. And so Paul's commending him for this. Notice next how he was able to do this. It says, by the power of God through the knowledge of the scriptures, the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That's verse 15. It was through knowing God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit that Timothy was able to live a godly life and endure difficulties and persecutions. And in verse 14, Paul says this, knowing from whom you learned it. So he's talking about Eunice and Lois, Timothy's mother and grandmother. And there are some clues that lead us to this conclusion. First, Paul refers in verse 15 to this learning as happening from childhood. He says, you, you know, you, you learned it from your childhood, Timothy. Remember how you learn the scriptures, even from your childhood. And second, we see in 2 Timothy 1.5, he says these words, "'I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well so grandmothers you have a great influence as well and so Paul has already connected Timothy's faith with what he got from his mother and his grandmother now why didn't Paul say Paul say anything about Timothy's father where where's he in the mix of all this well we know that from from Acts chapter 16 verse 1 Where Luke tells us about Paul and about how Paul chose Timothy in the first place as a missionary partner. Acts 16.1 says, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. But his father was a Greek. So, So Timothy is the product of a home with a believing mother and an unbelieving father. Now, that's a common situation even today. That's everywhere. There are many homes where mom is the believer and dad is not, or the husband is a believer and the wife is not. The Bible's not surprised by that. It's not surprised by that. So, you who are believing, take heart, pray for the salvation of your spouse. Love them for the sake of your marriage and for the glory of God. That's why Paul didn't say that Timothy learned the scriptures from his father, because he didn't. He learned them from his mother and his grandmother. His father likely didn't even believe him. He's noted here that his father was a Greek. And so that's who Paul is referring to in 2 Timothy 3.14. He's talking about Eunice and Lois. And it's reminding Tiffany, uh, Timothy, remember where you learned these things, from your mother and from your grandmother. So let's look at verse 14 again. You can see this. As for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. That is, don't give up your faith, Timothy. Don't give up on the scriptures. I know it's hard. I know you're struggling. being persecuted It's, it's hard it's difficult but don't give up don't give up the faith keep pressing on timothy and then comes these crucial words referring back to eunice and to lois knowing from whom you learned it in other words timothy one of the ways not the only way but one of the ways to strengthen your faith and persevere through hard times and not give up on the scriptures is to remember who introduced you to the word of God and the way of salvation. Remember who it was. Remember your mother. Remember your grandmother. Now I hope these words give you mom's encouragement. Know that the model of your living And the precious word of God that you are teaching your children day by day through your words and the way that you live, the way you model Christ with your life, know that that is having an impact in their lives. Even when they roll their eyes at you and groan, (laughs) it's having an impact. And it will also impact their children and their children's children for many generations. The work that you're doing right now is sowing the seeds for multi-generational faithfulness to Jesus Christ and your family. Be encouraged by that. Even on the darkest days, when the struggle is so real, and you're so bone tired, you just don't know how you're going to get by the next hour. Remember. You're having an impact. Think about that. Generation upon generation of Jesus lovers in this world because of your modeling Christ with your life and your family. That's amazing. So I hope you find encouragement in that today. And you are to be greatly honored for this work. And it's a vital work. Now, I know the discussion of motherhood can bring up hard and sometimes sad and sorrowful feelings even for many people. Some have been in abusive relationships. Some have been neglected by their mothers. So thinking of and remembering your mother can make you deeply sad and even sorrowful for some of them. And if that's the case, then I want what I'm trying to do here for you is to point to what could be. This example of Lois and Eunice is how it could be when you die to self, live for Christ, and pour yourself into your family for the glory of God and Jesus. And for the young women here who will be mothers someday, I hope you will aspire to this godly motherhood and make it the deep desire of your heart for the glory of God and for our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know it's tempting, you know, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to go the path mom went. It was so hard for her. You know, so difficult. I saw the way mom struggled with that big family as we were growing up. And boy, I don't want that for myself. It's too hard. I'm going to go a different path. Oh God, I pray against that. I pray that you would honor the path that your mother has taken in raising a godly family and having a godly family. And then you will make that the longing of your heart for the glory of Jesus Christ. It's a vital calling in our world today. And we desperately, desperately need it. And so I want to encourage you young women here today to aspire to this type of godly motherhood. It is a high and a holy call. So mothers, you lovingly submit to and support your husband. You teach the word of God to your children. And finally, you have a commitment to homemaking. That's my third point. You have a commitment to homemaking for the purpose of discipleship, making disciples in your home. You understand that when you open your home to your kids' friends, and your neighbors in the community, that you create an environment for discipleship. You create an environment for modeling Christ with your family life. You create a beautiful and simple place called a home, which becomes not only for the family, but also for the community, a refuge of Christ's peace and a demonstration of God's righteousness. You create a place where love and kindness and compassion and mercy flow. You create a place where people feel safe and loved. You know, sometimes it can just drive you bananas, right? You know, I'm speaking from our own experience. You know, our, our house is like a beehive. You know, we've got probably 20 kids in our house constantly. All, you know, all the neighborhood kids are, you know, at our house, in and out and in and out. And there's, Activity constantly. And for the kids, they, they just love it. They like, they want to come over. Like, I want to come there. They want to be where we are. And I thank God for that. That's what we wanted. That's a desire of our heart. But moms, you know, it can wear you out. You, you know, you, you, there's never anything to eat because every time you go to the store, everybody's eating, they come in. It's like, well, just have it all. <laughs> right? You know, it's okay. Just have it all. You know? And you're, it's, the place is never, you feel like it's never clean, right? Because as soon as I sweep this floor, it's like, oh, Jesus, it's all messed up again. <laughs> and they just track all the stuff in and it's loud. Oh, it's loud. Your ears get tired, moms. It's like my, e- I got kitties all the time. My ears are just tired. She loves it. and She just loves it. She loves the kids to be there. And she loves to encourage them. And they love her. And I know your homes are like this too, most of you. You create this this place where just people feel safe and loved and they just, they want to be there. You know, you have this place where they they feel welcomed and not criticized. And and it's a place where they, they see Jesus in your smile in your hands of love and service and the hugs and the love and just that's the place you create you you create this home that your children's friends you know we have adult children as well and you know they're they're friends that used to come over and do this you know we, we've been looking back at pictures over the years and it's like oh yeah we've been playing in that back alley for like 15 years, 14 years, you know, and they look back on that, and now they're adults, they're adults, and they look back, like, man, we just had the best time in your house, you know, that, those are all good memories for the kids' friends as they become adults, they remember those things fondly, and then it served for them as a model, it's like, you know, your house is the way I want my house to be when I grow up, but boy, you know, that, that takes effort and hard work and self-sacrifice. And, and the kids at the time, they don't understand that. But you do. You feel it. Yet you press on in it because you know the impact that it has on your family and your community. It requires lots of energy and effort to clean up after all those messy friends. But you do it joyfully. You do it again every day every day you know i've I've heard people say often you know the days feel long but the years seem short and that's kind of how it is the days feel long but the years seem short so i want to encourage you moms press on in this it is worthy of it a high and holy calling. Press on in it. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Keep the laughs going in your home. Keep your homes filled with laughs and hugs and forgiveness and have fun with it all. Have fun with it. You know, you create a home where mistakes are made, but they're forgiven and learned from. Press on in that. Press on and bandaging up the skin knees and the elbows and soaking up the tears as they cry into your into your shoulder. Press on in that. And I was thinking, you know, if you moms had a dollar for every time someone said the word mom, (laughs) you'd be multimillionaires hundreds of times over. I don't think a day goes fast in our house where the word mom isn't said probably a thousand times. Mom, 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 They're like, ah! <laughs> Press on in it. And for all of that, I want to honor you, and thank you and commend you. Thank you moms for your love, service, caring, encouragement, patience, ability to listen and your compassion. Thank you, moms, for your sacrifice, your generosity, and your strength. Thank you for being a godly mother. I honor you today because from the depth of your soul, you want to honor and magnify the great name of our great God in